Hello and welcome to Yogmoth Soap Opera, episode 73. I'm your regular co-host, Zach, joined by our other co-host, Josh, a.k.a. Cronin. And uh, this week we're going to take another quick look at uh, QC season, QT season 2 of the Classic Invitational. Uh, talk about one of our community members and uh, do a little jibba-jabba. How you doing, Josh? Good, how are you doing? Good, brother. So, uh... We don't have Andy with us. He's unfortunately at a... Maple syrup festival in Canada, so he is literally rolling in maple syrup as much as you can roll. So uh, hopefully we'll have him back next week. Uh, as you know, I was gone the week before, so Josh, it's your turn next week. You need to take a prompt vacation, yeah. personal day. There you go. So uh, how you doing? How was your last week here? Um, it was all right. I lost in my league uh, match, but uh, you know. It happens. I can totally sympathize, my friend. I lost two rounds in the last week, and I dropped from the tournament, and I moved my company, and I saw Lincoln last night. So it was a busy week. Sounds interesting, at least. Yeah, you know. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right in here and uh, check on the round two results and see what's been happening in the Classic League. All right. I guess we'll jump right in with... Clanmate Mooncon on Merfolk, uh, playing against one of the MTGO Academy guys, Chris Cool, on the Birthing Pod shop list from last season. And it looks like this time that list is not performing quite as well as Mooncon took that one down. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Merfolk's, uh, we've talked about it before, it's a little, little powerhouse. Someday I'll get the balls to try Merfolk. I just can't do it yet. It just doesn't seem classic enough. Then again, I brought freaking Squadron Hawks this time, so... That's true. <laughs> Who am I to talk? And it's always better if your opponent plays Blue Land, which I guess Chris Cool didn't there, but... Agree. But that's a good feeling to just fly right through everything. Like, uh, take this much. <laughs> so, uh, up next, we got another... Another clanmate winning. Looks like Durnoth on his green-white-black hate list against Ilskin on a Turbo-Tez list. Which, I guess Durnoth has a lot of disruption things. He can blow up a lot of artifacts and stuff like that, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, the green-white-black hate, too, Durnoth just knows it really, really, really well now. So, like, yeah. all these guys have a real disadvantage when they bring these decks that they don't play with all the time. When you got people like Cat Weasel playing Oath every time, Moon Con and and, Ka and Calavera playing Merfolk every time, you have people who just have their pets, and people with their pets are usually a little bit, a little bit more well versed on the deck, the matchups, the sideboarding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, and they've been tuning it for months, so or years for some of them, but exactly, they pretty well know what's going on. Yep. So, jump next to. The Wolf 2 on Affinity versus Enderfall, Clanny. And uh, he was mentioning that he tried to build his deck as well as he could to fight Affinity for this season, and he still lost to Affinity here. Affinity's a beast, dude. That's like the whole... Uh, seeing, uh, next QT, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to go with the results from the recent Classic events, because it seems like everyone throws everything to the wind. It, it was literally like... A 60-plus percent metagame full of affinity. I, like, tweak a deck, I'm ready for it, and then, like, what, two or three people ran affinity in the whole yeah. damn thing? You just never play it. That's whatever. Um, so, yeah, affinity took that. 
And uh, next up we have Uvatha on Green, White, Blue, Noble Fish against Sadistic Black Doll in Good Game Oath. And uh, Oath took that, which is, to me, a little bit surprising. Um, Fish is pretty good at annoying the crap out of things like Oath. Yeah. Um, and Uvatha's got, like, Meddling Mage. And I don't think Sadistic Black Doll has uh, Show and Tells, if I remember correctly. So. Yeah. Interesting. That could be a pretty big beating. Interesting. Um, next. Yep, go ahead. Looks like the Maniac on... His is more a green-white splashing black hate deck, and uh, back goods on a blue-white-red Delver. And it looks like the, uh, the green-white list managed to take that one, too. His creatures are just bigger, I guess. I guess. Next up, we have Cat Weasel against me, and I lost this round. I was, I didn't even get to play. I literally got the uh, concession here. I was so busy last week. I know it sounds like token response, but I actually was like it was ridiculous. So, good job on that, Vicky. Hopefully, you do well in this event. Um, next up, we have Thorm. Is that how you pronounce that, Thormy? I guess. Versus uh, a clanny Cownose, and Thorm was on Metalworker Stacks, and Cownose was on Delver. And surprise, surprise, Montolio's uh, recent thesis on how Stacks has such a good game versus Delver comes true, and uh, Stacks comes out the winner. Yes, looks like it's uh, it's looking to remain true that affinity is the true weakness for the Stacks deck, not the Delver lists. <laughs> um. Up next, we had a draw, Pyrite 199 against Cram 7. Yep. And then uh, Fist Alpha on his three-color fish deck against Bald Eagle on his four-color fish deck. And the four-color fish beat it out. I like that Fist Alpha deck with that Shardless Agent. Yeah. That's a pretty cool deck. Yep. And up next... Cronin on Helmline against Wild Dog on an Oath Storm list. So I lost the Wild Dog. Um, we went to three games. It was a pretty interesting match. He uh, was on the play game one and uh, duressed away my duress and then beat me on maybe turn two. And uh, game two... I think I duressed away his duress. Nice. And beat him on turn two, maybe. And then game three, uh, he duressed me a couple times, and I got down a painter-stone combo, but he bounced the painter with a chain of vapor and then beat me the next turn. <laughs> <laughs> so... So it, not only was it Josh versus Josh, it was Duress versus Duress. Yeah, and just like powerful play against powerful play. Like you you die or have an answer or whatnot. Well, that's interesting. At least you lost to a clanny. Yep. Next up we have uh, Scorpio and Hermit Druid against X13X. And surprisingly here, Metalworker Stacks really took out Hermit Druid. Hermit Druid usually has a slight advantage because it's a creature-based combo deck and uh, things like 
thorn and stuff like that doesn't hurt him as much, but interestingly enough, and also Xcorpio is a hell of a player, but it uh, looks like X13X took this one with Metalworker stack, so good job to you. Yeah, and interestingly, Xo only has um, revokers in the sideboard, so that's like really the main way I would think he could even interact with that combo. Yeah, his deck is like all fat. It's like I guess I guess Metalworker's just super big for him. Yeah. Just powers out a ridiculous turn. Yeah. But still kinda weird. Agree. Um up next we have Philip J. Fry on Dredge against NCSU thirty one SB on Affinity. And Dredge managed to take that one, so Dredge is still more broken than Affinity. What do you know? <laughs> Um, after that it was Planet Walls on the Blue-White Frost Titan control list, and he played against Blue Diamonds on a good game oath, and the Frost Titans managed to, uh, win the day. There you go. I don't, I don't know how that works, that these six drops keep coming in and and winning, but they do. (laughs) Next up, we have uh, Tommy Topdecker on Black Blue Delver against Endless Nameless, another Kleiny on Cat Stacks. It uh, looks like Delver took this one. Uh, I don't know why you're trying to kill this trend here, Paul. We we were talking about how Stacks just dominates Delver now, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding with you. It, it's uh, Tommy Topdecker's a good player, and uh, maybe it's Metalworker Stacks. Maybe that's the key. There you go. Yeah, you need a way to power it out. Yep. Uh, after that, it was the crisp one on Dredge against Game Master 32, Kia, on Green White Hate. And Dredge won that one. That's a pretty tough match, generally, for a Green White deck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, you know. It's kind of like me. That's how I, uh, literally, that's how I felt. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything, but my round three pairing was against Dredge. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Of all the decks I could get paired against, it's like... This is the worst one. I only have literally four sideboard options, and I quickly remembered why we used to always say you need at least seven, minimum eight, or, or at least eight, minimum seven. And yeah, it really, really, really took a toll on me. Not to mention, you know, when people get multiple, multiple, multiple bazaars every time. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not easy, especially with four cards. Yeah. Which is why I run 12. <sighs> Suck it. <laughs> Next up we have <coughs> Huffy Henry on Merfolk Against Fishy Fellow on Shoth And really it looks like Shoth is kind of taking a beating this round Even looking down the list here Shoth is always on the losing side And Merfolk took him down this time yeah. um, I think naturally Merfolk has a little bit better matchup there Just because there's so many islands Yeah, you want to get them to get creatures down But you want, don't want them to have an army of 5-5s five yeah, Dragon's Breath, it seems, is just super important for Oath. Like, they're either hitting their Dragon's Breath or they're they're dead because all the merfolk just come right back in and attack through whatever giant creature you've managed to uh, Oath up. Yep. So after that, it was a Stax duel with DigiDigi84 on Cat Stacks against Sapphire on... Uh, more controlling stacks list, and Sapphire took that one. Yeah. Not much to say there. Just a bunch of brown things being pounded into the ground. 
Um, next up, we have look, Shoth won, but it was inevitable. Shoth first Shoth. Uh, uncle versus Bag of Crabs, and it looks like Uncle took this one down. That's always an interesting matchup. Shoth first Shoth. It's like, uh, it's kind of like, out. yeah, it's kind of like sit there and wait kind of yeah. a matchup. It's like the longest matchup ever. Just because It'll you just go to like 20 turns where you're just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, and you totally don't want to show and tell, <laughs> just as a hint. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually a bad idea. You don't really want to oath, so. Anyway, next up, uh, Blyven731, a clanny on Dredge against Alberto Rodalve, and he's on stacks. And our clanny, Blyven, took that one down with Dredge. So good job to you. Uh, next up, and who we got next here? Looks like it's our good buddy Montolio on Green, White, Black, Hate, based off of what Duranoth's been playing, and Doza Theog on Four Color Delver. I think Andy might have mentioned this last uh, podcast. It's just really tough mana base for Doza against all the wastelands and stuff. And that did not work out. So he basically syruped him to death. Yeah. Threw syrup all over his lands. They got stuck doing whatever. And Montolio just played out some green guys. Congrats to you, Andy. Next up, we have Foil Tarmogoyf Owns You on Red, Blue, White, Jacerator, which I like. Totally cool kind of a deck idea against Kurovo, who was playing Dredge. And it looks like we got a draw here. Lots of draws this round. I mean, interesting on round two of a tournament to have two draws. I think both of the draw pairings were... Oh ones, and they must have just decided they couldn't come back. Eh, happens. Even though we saw Duranoth last uh, season, he was playing to get into the top eight when he went oh one to start things. So, yeah, that was my first loss. Why well, you got to remind me about that? Sorry, man. It's really rude and hurtful. Anyway, last up we have uh, Bobby Fine against Calavera, who we will spotlight a bit later in this article. And it looks like Bobby Fine was on Black Green Fish, which is interesting. You don't see that much. And Calavera was on Merfolk, as he pretty much always is. And Calavera took this one. So, good job to him. There we've got the standings listed after that so people can see... Obviously, we're not that far along into the season yet. Six points is leading things, but starting to uh, spread things out a bit, I guess. And there's the round three pairings as well in the article, and we'll, I assume, talk more about those next week. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll get to them next week. Lots of interesting matchups. Uh, Got to say, just a quick look. My favorite matchup has to be Wild Dog Planet Walls. You got Oathstorm against Titan Control. Where else can you see that? <laughs> That's going to be a really interesting matchup. I think. I think. Hopefully, we can dig into that one a little bit next week. Well, I have uh, decided to stop ever thinking that Planet Walls will lose in a match. So I'm not going to predict who will win that one. Hmm. I'll, I'll go on the line here. I think Wild Dog's going to take it. I mean, I think he should, considering <laughs> he can win on turn one or two and 
Walls is trying to cast six drops, but... Agree, agree. Who's to say? So, what do we have this week in the special Josh, a.k.a. Cronin, feature of the week? Well, up next we've got a look at some upcoming events that uh, should be good for Eternal Formats. We've got the Master's Edition Flashback, and that's coming up. I think it'll have come up, they'll have started already when this article goes up. I think they start after downtime. And, uh, yeah, so there, uh, Watsi is, uh, setting up Master's Edition four booster sealed queues. So, one pack of each, uh, of the Master's Editions. And, uh, there's also going to be Master's Edition 64 player top eight premier drafts, and uh, I think there's also regular draft queues. Yeah, I gotta say, like, this is kind of spurring me. I think I'm gonna get more of my blue duels now. I think it's a good time. I think, uh, foil duels, of course, but I think it's a good time to go for stuff like that when a lot of people are gonna be cracking these packs. Um, do you typically think this has a really big impact on the pricing? of the cards that we like to play with? It has a lot more of an impact, I think, on non-foils. Like Force of Will is pretty low right now for non-foil. What are they but at? I, have, I haven't seen the foil price move at all. Let me look at... Force of Will. Yeah, they're down to 94. It's so ironic that we're saying that's low. But, but they were like 150 a couple weeks ago, so... Well, they have that stupid, ridiculous... Uh, look, let's put it this way. I totally, if you're going to look at the ebb and flow of Force of Will over time, the median price is typically 90 to 110. I mean, that's like kind of like the sweet spot. It's usually not much cheaper than that. And if it does go cheaper than that, which I, I, I have to agree with you, I think it will. The regs, non, the non-foils, should I say, uh, typically drop a lot because there is a slight surplus for a week or two. So, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of these uh, bot engines, the, the, the variables are based on uh, supply more than demand because if, you know, if, if they have multiple copies, the price automatically lowers until it starts to move the product. And when people draft it fresh like this, there's a lot of EV to be made in Master's Edition. And uh, yeah. people love it. All the duels. Holy crap. One, two, four, five, eight, eleven. There's 12 of these in stock. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Three play sets of Force of Wills in stock. Well, I think a bunch of people have probably sold out. And yep. there was, like, the Legacy. Wasn't there a big Legacy event that people bought up a bunch for? You sounded so Canadian right there. A bunch of people are sold out. Hopefully a whole bunch more get opened. Agreed. Doing these big uh, 64 player top 8 drafts. Yeah. Those are pretty cool events. I haven't been able to do one yet, but they look fun. Definitely. If you happen to open a Master's Edition 4 Foil Dual Land, please feel free to reach me in client. My name is Abstract66 or The Hoff. Thanks. Which ones are you looking for? Uh, everything. I don't think I have four of any yet. I only am missing one trop. Me too. I have three trops. Everything else, good to go. 
You're all That's, foil on everything else? As far as blue. You have four UGCs? Yeah. Four Tundras? Yeah. Four Volcanics? Yeah. Well, I don't like you. What do you think I am? I don't know Force of Wills, though, and you do. So. How about Wastelands? No. Okay, well then you, you've been disqualified. I don't like that card, so... You've been disqualified, sir. I'm sorry. I don't want to play with that card. I'm sorry. Because I want to play it against me. I'm sorry. Uh, but this will be fun. I, I love... I like playing with Master's Edition anyway. I, I have uh, a pretty fair amount of experience with the formats. Uh, played a lot of 1, 2, 3, and 4, so... It should be fun. It's always interesting when you put four of them into one format, though. It's kind of like a cornucopia of bad cards, usually. Yeah, it's some, you make some bad decks. Yeah, I mean, really, when you're looking at, like, you know... When you're, like, excited to open Thalids, there's something wrong. Yeah, it's, you're not going to be opening a pack rat. Ooblet! Yes! Yes! The best <laughs> spell in the format! Yeah, it's it can get pretty rough. I mean, three mana for a... Two two, and you're pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I've got the most with experience with Masters Four drafting. The first day it was available to draft, I opened a foil uh, library of Alexandria. Nice. Back when they were like seventy five bucks, so that was pretty good. So everyone opened some Force of Wills. Yeah, definitely. Up next, we've got a community spotlight on Calavera, a clanmate. And he says that his name is Calavera and he lives on Moto. So, that's where you can find him. Um, he loves to draft classic sets and... He started drafting them when Masters Edition 2 came out, and he drafted playsets of all the duels available and decided to play with them instead of sell them. So, Well, if that's not a bunch of BS, when's the last time you saw him play a deck with a dual land in it? That's true. You sold them and bought islands. I know. What the okay, hell? How many islands can you buy for a playset of all the duels? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, if he can play any deck, he says he'd play Murphos. Oh, that's funny! There's not a lot of duels in my... Anyway. <laughs> says Danger Linto, the guy that runs Classic Quarter, of course, hates the deck, and he likes to annoy people, so... And his favorite accomplishment, he says that uh, he doesn't feel like any of the sanctions, sanctioned tournaments he's played in have been anything special. Um, he's missed... Legacy, MOCS, and the Classic Winter Celebration. And Wizards hasn't had a lot of other worthwhile Eternal Format events for the many years he's been playing. So he just wants them to do something like a big draft tournament for Eternal Formats. Which would be pretty cool. Yeah. I think, cool I, think, I think it's a bit... I think it's a bit overstated to say Wizards hasn't done anything. The Winter Celebration, there were a lot of big oh, tournaments. Yeah, sweet. And obviously it's nice to get these Masters Edition events we were just talking about, but it would be cool to see like a important old format draft. But, I mean, why would they want to make that important, though? They want to sell new products, so... Yeah. Standard legal product. Blah. 
Pack rats. Have you played with that card in limited yet? Uh, I actually, I don't want to admit this, but I passed one. Oh my gosh. It was my first uh, return to Ravnica draft, and I was th- I saw the card, and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, it's it's it looks cool, but I couldn't really like. And then of course I thought about it afterwards, and I'm like, wow, you can make like easily make an army of five fives with this card. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they all have the ability to keep going, so they can't even kill the first one. Yeah. Seems yes. pretty ridiculous. It's... Um. So hopefully this week we'll get some. Feature matches. I have three recorded, but I keep getting too busy to upload them and get commentary going and stuff like that. So, well, you know, I, I I made a semi-conscious decision to drop out of this one because I know how busy I've been, and I also know that I've been sucking because I got the the cat weasel loss, and just to let you guys in, I lost this week as well. So, I'm going to be a lot more um, reporter-ish. I'd like to, you know, kind of discuss the field, see what's happening with everybody, and talk about what's what's going on and what's new. I can really focus a lot more on that this way, I think. And now I can watch you and Andy fight your way through the gauntlet of bad guys. Yeah, I don't think I'm going anywhere quick. I uh, played my round three match this morning and didn't go very well. Oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. But that's another story for another day, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's cool, brother. So uh, maybe we'll get together next week with uh, Andy, part of the show, and we'll uh, hit it up again. Yeah, and hopefully... um, I was talking to Lord Sapphire and Client one day, and he was mentioning uh, about maybe doing a more thorough breakdown of one or two of the matchups, just like what cards were important in that match and stuff like that. So maybe we can look into... uh, a little nicer breakdown of just a couple of the matches. That'd be a good idea. That's so cool. Got some cool ideas coming up for the league now that now that Zach is our reporter, our field reporter. Yeah, Geraldo Rivera on the ground here in Magic Stand. <laughs> so before we uh, wrap up for this week, um, I wanted to mention that MTG Academy has a 100 card singleton event that they're, or actually it's several events that they're putting together. So we've got information for that linked in. And also, I don't know if you saw this last week in our comments, Zach, but we have a new challenge. I didn't. DuPont, and it's a pretty good one. So people are going to have to start brewing because it's the 4-0, a classic daily event with three survival, at least three survival of the fittest and at least one squee. Nice. And the winner gets 100 tickets. 100 tickets? Holy crap. That's that's pretty impressive, DuPont. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what people come up with. I mean, obviously they can go a couple different ways with a deck like that. They that's can... got me excited a little bit. Am I am I eligible for this event? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I want to I want to play Survival. It's been that used to be that used to be the legacy deck. Remember? Yeah, I don't play Legacy very much, but I do, I have played against it. That's ridiculous. Anyway, as always, we'd like to thank our uh, hosts and our sponsors, puremtgo.com and mtgotraders.com. And we'll be back in seven, guys. See you next week. All right. See you later, guys.